Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. This is the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. I wonder as I start to preach today, is there anybody in this room thankful for Jesus? Are you grateful that he's all powerful? He's all knowing and he's ever present. And no matter how complex the world gets y'all, I've got good news for you. Jesus isn't worried. And the king is still in control. Well, I feel like preaching today. Anybody hungry? We're talking about the fact that the church is leaving the building and I'm glad that I serve a God who has given me Jesus and Jesus is worth taking to the world. Now we're gonna look here at Acts chapter 17. You by live stream, we're so honored to have you today. Acts verse 17, Acts chapter 17 verse one. It says, now when they had passed through Amphilus and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead saying, this Jesus whom I preach, this one that I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded. I wonder if anybody here today has been persuaded that he is the Christ. And a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. My, 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 you missed a good place to shout right there. Jason has harbored them and there and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar saying watch this now there is another king Jesus and they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city and they heard these things note the seventh verse there is another king I don't know what's trying to reign in your world or what's trying to rule in your life. But I stopped by to tell you that there is another king. How many of you are glad for King Jesus today? Slip up your hands, we're going somewhere. Father, thank you that we have Jesus and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the power of Jesus cannot be contained in this room. We're going to leave the building and we're gonna carry Jesus with us. Thank you, Lord. Somebody give Jesus a great ovation of praise. You can be seated. The Bible said these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them and these are all acting contrary, watch this, to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king. I'll be transparent with you and tell you that I have preached this text throughout the years several times. I've always stopped at verse six, at where the word says, these who have turned the world upside down have come here also. I saw, I thought to myself through the years, that's powerful. And I always assumed there's the message. There it is. These who have turned the world upside down have come here. There's the message. But a while back, I was reading this in my own personal devotional time with the Lord. And five words and a dash leapt off the page at me in verse eight. I was almost overcome sitting in my seat as I read it. These five words are simply this. There is another king. There is another king, dash Jesus. 
And I don't know what's trying to reign in your life. And I don't know what the enemy is trying to cause to rule in your world. But I want to let everything know, every attack, every agenda of hell know that there is another king. There is another say-so. In fact, he is the final say-so. There is a greater authority. There is a more powerful force. There is an unstoppable leader. My, 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 I want you to know, no matter what you're up against, don't let the devil fool you, for there is another king. I said there is another king. His name is Jesus. Now let me bring you up to speed with what's going on here in our text. Paul and Silas have just come out of Philippi where Paul had gone in response to what most Bible, Bible scholars call the Macedonian call. This is a time when Paul was trying to go to Asia Minor, but again and again, the Lord forbid him to go. God had other plans. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a God at times who will wreck my plans before they wreck me. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you glad for the times that God did not allow you to do the things that you thought you needed to do? Or marry the person you thought you wanted to marry? Or go the direction you thought you wanted to go? Because all in all, God had another plan. Paul tried so very hard to go to Asia Minor, but the Lord forbade him and forbade him and forbade him. And then there appears to him the man from Macedonia. And the man from Macedonia said, come and help us. So for this reason, when Paul responded and, and submitted to the leading of the Lord, it changed everything for you and I. Because rather than going to Asia Minor, Paul went to Philippi. And this area is still known as the gateway of Europe. And because of that decision, the gospel was eventually brought through Europe and down into the Americas. And you and I serve the Lord today because of Paul's obedience. We serve the Lord today because God had a plan. And I want to tell you something. We've been entrusted with this gospel message. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that the gospel got to me. And I have about 12 of you that's thankful. I said, I'm thankful that the gospel got to me. Make a little noise if you're thankful that the gospel got to you. And the reality is, precious, that we have been entrusted with this gospel message. God has entrusted us with this message. And I know we have issues in our nation, but I want to tell you something today that I believe with all my heart. God is not done with America. There are many people who say that God is done with America. I'll never believe that. You know why? Because I'm an American. And to say that God is done with America is to say that God is done with me. And I'm absolutely convinced that God is not done in Jim Rayleigh's life. And I'm absolutely convinced that he's not done in your life. So I'm absolutely convinced that if God's not done in me and he's not done in you, then he's not done in America. I still believe that God is able to move in our country. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas, they come into Philippi. And then they connect to Lydia here. Now, she's a woman of resource. She is a woman of influence. And she opens the door for the gospel in the city of Philippi. God had this thing lined up. And I want to tell you that God always has people who will come into your life who are next, who are next, who are next. You get so focused on who you don't have now. But I've come to tell you that whoever and whatever you need for the next season in your life. It's either there, they're either with you, or they are on the way. Isn't it amazing that, that tucked right in Philippi, there is a woman named Lydia who would help them propagate the gospel. And I want to tell you, God always has people for the next, the next thing, the next move, the next wave, the next outpouring. And I'm glad to tell you that I believe that God is not through at Calvary, that you are going to be used in what's next. There is a next outpouring. There is a next visitation. There is a next new thing that God is going to do. And I'm glad that God brought you here because you are going to be critical to what God's going to do in this next season. I want to tell you that this church is leaving the building. We cannot be contained in the four walls because what God is doing in us is greater than just 
brick and mortar. What God is doing in us and what God is going to do through us cannot be contained by this building. Now I love this because it was a setup. Lydia is there and she's there to help Paul and Silas. And this is where things seem to go awry because Paul and Silas are beaten because of their witness and they're thrown into prison. And this, this precious, is where the midnight praise brought about miraculous deliverance. This is where they are in the inner prison. They're not just in prison, they're in the inner prison. They are in the stinkiest, dirtiest, filthiest part of the prison. It is midnight. There's no light anywhere. Everything that could go wrong seemingly was going wrong. But right at midnight, they brought a midnight praise. And when they brought a midnight praise, it produced a miraculous deliverance. See, I have a side note. This is not where I'm preaching today, but nothing will bring miraculous deliverance like a midnight praise. It's that praise you bring to God that makes no sense to your friends. It's that praise you bring to God when times are hard. It's that praise you bring to God when life is tough. It's that praise you bring to God when you feel like you're shackled up and you're hindered and you're not seeing what you want to see. Any old bird, honey, can chirp in the morning, but you find me a bird that'll chirp in the middle of the night, and I'm telling you, that bird's got a song worth hearing. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because some of the best praise you've ever brought God was not when everything was going great but when you said God I don't even understand this season but I'm gonna praise you anyway when you're like Job and you say, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. That I'm not going to let my circumstances shut my mouth. When your situation tells you to be quiet. When your money tells you to be quiet. When your friends tell you to be quiet. When your circumstances preach to you that God is not worthy because you're not seeing what you want to see. It is in that moment that you find out who you really are and who you really serve. It is in that moment that often something will rise up inside of you and say, God I'm going to praise you anyway and that's when the shackles fall off and that's when prison doors fly open I dare you right now just praise him right where you are come on have you ever brought him a midnight praise after that incredible night Paul and Silas then on assignment from God leave Philippi and head for Thessalonica Remember, they were originally, Paul wanted to go to Asia Minor, but God said, no, go to Philippi. And even today, Philippi is the gateway to Europe. Even today, it was, it, we understand how necessary it was to be obedient to the Lord. So Paul and Silas arrive at Thessalonica. And upon arrival, study your Bible, for 21 days, Paul preached Jesus. He preached the king, and he preached the kingdom. And a multitude of Greeks were persuaded, and many, many leading women. But the Bible says that the Jews were not persuaded. So they gathered up a mob and dragged the convert named Jason and his brethren before the rulers, these Roman leaders. And here's what they said. They said, Paul and Silas are here. These who have turned the world upside down, now we're in trouble. Now we're in trouble because they've come here also. These who have caused a ruckus everywhere they've been. These troublemakers, these rebel rousers. One, one translation talks about them like a pest. These pests, they call them a pestilence. See, you need to learn to be a godly pest. You need to learn to pester the devil. You need to learn to pester hell. You know what a pest is? Let me tell you something. I grew up in Florida. I lived in, I lived in parsonages most of my life. And baby, I felt like these church parsonages were a roach motel. Y'all don't say nothing to me. But we didn't have hardly anything. And our, our roaches were so big, man. You would turn the light on and they would just freeze. Come on, somebody. They weren't scared of you. But you know, you know you're a pest. I used to take that raid and I would spray this get the raid cannon, just stand there and spray. I would spray the roach till I thought I killed him. But you know, you know that's a bad roach when about 10 minutes later, he crawls up your leg and said, you got any more of that raid? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you that I'm looking for a church that'll be a godly pest. I'm looking for a church that will turn the world 
upside down. Do I have any folks in here who want to take the gospel of Jesus Christ outside of the four walls of this church? I want to say this. As the church leaves the building, we want every demon and every devil to know we are present in this community and we are dangerous and we are deadly to the agenda of hell. Oh, I need to find somebody that will absolutely declare that with me. I want hell's agenda to know it's in trouble. I want hell's agenda at Mainland High School to be broken. I want the devil's agenda to be broken at BCU. I want the devil's agenda to be broken at Emory Riddle. I want the devil's agenda to be broken at the mall. Come on, somebody. I want the devil's agenda to be broken in your home. Somebody make a little noise in the name of Jesus if you want to be dangerous and deadly to the agenda of hell. I want the devil bothered. I, I want hell's agenda upset. I want demons and devils to know that we are here. I said I want demons and devils to know that we are here. And I, I, want, I want to be known of Calvary. I want it to be known on every campus. Not only are we here, we are here to turn the world upside down. Come on, make a little bit of noise if you want to turn the world upside down. It was in this moment now that they take Jason before the Roman leaders and they accuse him of harboring Paul and Silas. Don't miss that, harboring. Somebody say harboring. Jason took them in and kept them at his house. He harbored them. And see, the truth is, Paul had been preaching for 21 days at the synagogue. But the power came, not in the synagogue, the power came when they left the building. The breakthrough came when Jason took this gospel to his house. See, the gospel is not dangerous when it is confined to this building. The gospel is not dangerous if it stays in this house. The gospel is most dangerous when it leaves the building. The gospel, the power of God is most dangerous, not when we leave it here in the church, but baby, when the church leaves the building and we take it home with us, when it's part of our life, when it's part of our conversation, when it's who we are and what we do, baby, that's when the gospel becomes dangerous. The devil is not scared of you while you're at church. He's not scared of you or trembling about you while you're at church, but when you walk out of the building and you take the gospel with you, that's when you become dangerous. That's when Jason became dangerous. Not when he was hanging out at the synagogue, but when he walked out and said, man, I'm taking this gospel with me. I'm taking this power with me. Is there anybody that's got a touch of God in you that cannot be contained by the seat you sit in or the row that you're on today? It is a gospel that you live and take with you. Make a little noise if that's you. Jason, if you define his name, his name means to heal. So everywhere he went, he started talking about Jesus. And he was actually healing his city. Come on, somebody. By opening his mouth and preaching Jesus. And I want to tell you something. We will never heal our cities until we preach Jesus. Every time we become like Jason and we speak up for the king, somebody gets healed. we got to preach Jesus, not our opinions, not our denominational structures. we got to preach Jesus. Baby, it doesn't matter how beautiful the facility is. It doesn't matter how fine the seats are, how great the music is or how flawless the sound system is. It doesn't even matter how great our, our small groups are. If we ain't preaching Jesus, we can't heal anybody. Our cities will never be healed if we're not preaching Jesus. God give us preachers again who will simply preach Jesus. I don't care. I don't care how great you're, of a communicator you are, baby, preach Jesus. I don't care how smooth of an orator you are, preach Jesus. I don't care how impressed you are with yourself, preach Jesus. If you ain't preaching Jesus, nobody will get delivered. If you're not preaching Jesus, nobody will get saved. If you are not preaching Jesus, no family will be restored. But if you will open up your mouth and begin to declare J-E-S-U-S, -S, that name that is above everything, Every name seasons will shift in people's life. We've got to preach 
Jesus. God, give us leaders and preachers who will preach Jesus. Jason got in trouble because he was talking about Jesus. Hear me now. We don't know a ton about Jason, but in my book, Jason is a hero. Now, the Bible says in verse 7 that he harbored. Somebody say harbored. He harbored Paul and Silas. A harbor, if you know anything about it, it's a place of safety for boats and ships. Whenever there are bad storms out in the ocean, a ship seeks safety. It seeks the harbor because a harbor is a safe place. And I love Jason. You know why? Because the gospel was safe in his house. He said, he said, I want the gospel in my house. I'll protect the gospel in my house. When he invited Paul and Silas in, they were a type of the gospel. They represented the gospel. They personified the gospel. They had decreed and declared the gospel. So what did Jason do? He opened up his house and he said, the gospel is safe in my house. I got a question for you. Is the gospel safe in your house? Do you, only, do you only protect it here or do you protect it at your home? Come on, somebody. I want the gospel to be safe in my house. I don't have a Jesus experience that is just in this room on Sunday morning. I don't just serve him when I stand before you and preach. Baby, this is not a vocation for me. This is habitation. Hallelujah. He lives in me. And when I leave this place, I keep Jesus with me because the gospel it's going to be safe in my house. But I've made up in my mind even a step further. This is the house of God. We are here in the house of the Lord. And I have a question. If you're a preacher and you watch me on a regular basis, I want to ask you, is the gospel safe in your church? Is the gospel safe in your house of God? I'm afraid that the gospel in many churches is not harbored anymore. It's not safe anymore. The church exists to harbor the gospel. Yet, 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 we're we're harboring sin. So many churches are harboring religion. We've been called to harbor the gospel, not racism. Come on, somebody. We've been called to harbor the gospel, not political agenda. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. We've been called to harbor the gospel, not same-sex marriage. We've been called to harbor the gospel, not compromise. We've been called to harbor the gospel. But the truth is, we've got so stinking enslaved by what people say and what people think and people's agenda that we have forgotten the fact that we exist we harbor the gospel. If the gospel ain't safe in the church, where in the world is the gospel going to be safe? We need some preachers that will rise up and protect the gospel. We need some preachers who will say the gospel is safe in my city and the, because the gospel is safe in my church. I don't know if you're glad to be at Calvary today. I don't know. Some of you may be in drug in here, but you're here. But I want to tell you, if I make you mad, I'll make you mad. But the truth is, the gospel is safe in this house, baby. How many of you are glad to go to a church where the gospel is safe, where Jesus is still preached? Now zero in on the accusation these people brought against Paul and Silas. The truth is, remember now, Jason left the synagogue. And when he left the synagogue, he took the gospel with him. And that's what I want. When you leave the building, I want you to take the gospel with you. Now remember, they, they accused Jason and his brethren. And they said, these who have turned the world upside down, they come hither also. And watch this. Then they go on to say... Contrary to Caesar being the king, they are declaring there is another king. Now let me tell you something about these rascals. Let me tell you something about these jokers right here. Isn't it something that the religious Jews hated and despised Caesar? They could not stand Caesar because they saw Caesar infringing on their religious rights. So they despised Caesar. But here's the truth. They hated Jesus more. Can you imagine as much as they hated Jesus, they hated Jesus more. And they said they are preaching that there is another king. The truth of the matter is Caesar was in their minds all powerful. And today understand there are many leaders on planet earth. There are presidents, there's kings, there's supreme leaders and premiers. There's some good and some bad. But don't miss this. Just like Caesar had his time, our leaders will only lead for a certain 
certain amount of time. Caesar led in Philippi, but Caesar's reign was temporal. Hear me in this room. We get so high and so caught up in who's leading, but their leading is temporal. There is another king. There is another king other than Caesar. Kings will come and kings will go. Presidents will come and presidents will go. Leaders will come and leaders will go. I'm not being political. I'm being spiritual. Understand what I'm saying. They will rise and they will fall, but there is a king whose name will always be above every name. He's not Democrat, Republican, or Independent. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm glad that I know in the world that there is another King and his name is Jesus. If you love Jesus, give him a praise in here. Somebody say, that's my king. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's my king. Now, let's roll on a little bit deeper in this revelation of our king. Watch this now. The, the, the origin of the word king or for the word king is kin. So it's the word king, but the first three letters are kin. So don't miss this. Get this in your spirit. My king is my kin. My king is my family. You talk about friends in high places, baby. My king is my kinfolk. He's our older brother. You talk about authority. You talk about being connected. Your king is your kin. Not only is Jesus king to us, he is kin to us, even skin to us. I wish I could find somebody I could preach to a little bit today. Anybody glad that your king is your kin? That is why you can't overreact when problems seem to be getting so large in your life and trying to overwhelm you. You have friends in high places. In fact, kinfolk in high places. Hear me in this room. My king is my kin. Tell your neighbor, my king is my kin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. My king is my kin. I'm part of the family. That's why I can't overreact. That's why I can't throw in the towel. That's why I can't act like like things aren't going to be all right because I have a king who has a name who is above every name and my king is my kin. So as long as he's all right, I'm going to be all right. Now, 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 that, now that, that's why we can understand that if he's our king and our kin, the book of Hebrews says he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Distant, no. Uncaring, absolutely not. Unfeeling, never, because he's my kin, hallelujah. The Bible said in Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba Father, Father God, Papa God, we have another king who is for us. He's for our future. He's for your purpose. He's for the salvation of your children. He's for healing in your body. He's for your open door. In fact, David said, the Lord is on my side. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody here today thankful that the Lord is on my side. Is, are you thankful that he's on your side? David said, the Lord is on my side. What shall men do to me? Now check this out. If Jesus is another king, then he has to have a kingdom. Hello, somebody. Now, now kingdom comes from two words, king and domain or dominion. That means our king has dominion over his domain. That means he's in charge. Help me, Holy Ghost. That means if he has a king, king and dumb are, are two words. King and dumb represents dominion or domain, so kingdom. So my king has a domain. Now understand, some of y'all say, well, the, the devil has a kingdom. I, I want you to get this in your spirit. The devil is not a wicked version of Jesus who is equal to Jesus. Some of y'all have been listening to, to straight up heresy and there are denominational uh, religions that preach that Jesus and, and Satan are on the same level. But I want to tell you that the devil is not some wicked version of Jesus who is equal to Jesus because we serve a great 
big God, but there's a little bitty devil. Huh? Oh, come on, somebody. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Jesus is the king, y'all. I said Jesus has more power than the devil. He has more power than demons. He is all powerful. So you've got to stop sweating the devil and giving the devil any kind of credence because the truth is the devil does not match up against Jesus. Jesus is the king of kings. He's el rey de reyes. And he's el señor de señores. Help me, uh, Spanish folks. He's the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. I said he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. On the best day, Satan is just the prince of the power of the air. Jesus is king of kings, but Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And the last time I looked, I found out that a king has more power than a prince. I dare somebody right now who believes in the power of the king, give the king a little bit of praise right now. Never forget that the king always has authority over his domain. Our king is in charge, y'all. I said our king is in charge. He has dominion over his domain. There is nowhere that the Lord does not reign. There is not one place that he is not king of kings and he is not Lord of lords. I'm telling you, they may not worship him in Iran, but he is still king in Iran. They may not worship him in some places, but he is still king in every nation, in every city. He's king of kings and he is Lord of lords. He's not a president, a governor, or a prime minister. He has dominion over it all. He answers to nobody. That's my king. I need you to give him a praise if that's your king. Now watch this. Satan is a prince. Somebody say prince. Satan is a prince, and he reigns over principalities. Now a principality is an area good Lord, with fixed boundaries, ruled by a prince under the authority of the king. Y'all don't make me come down there. I said a principality is an area with fixed boundaries, ruled by a prince under the authority of a king. I need somebody to stop right there and give God praise that the devil is under the authority of the king. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now somebody say fix boundaries. Somebody shout fix boundaries. So as a prince, understand this, over a principality, Satan's reign and rule are limited. The devil is limited. That means he has boundaries. That means he has limitations. That means he can only go so far because he has boundaries. The truth is he would have took you out if he could have took you out, but he had boundaries. The truth is he would have destroyed you if he could have destroyed you, but he's had boundaries. The truth is he would take you down right now. He would take you down this very moment, but there are boundaries that have been fixed around about you by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you need to stop worrying so much about principalities and tell the devil my king is in charge one two three give God a shout the devil can only go so far I said the devil can only go so far because as a prince he has to submit to the authority of the king because there is another king some of you need to get a that's far enough devil in your spirit some of you need to get that's far enough you can't don't don't devil you can't have my children that's far enough you can't have my joy that's far enough devil you have boundaries and you do not reign and you are not supreme but my king has authority my king has power and nothing can stop my king Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. You want to go deeper? Say, let's go. Let me tell you what the Bible says about our king. The devil is a prince. Come on now. Over principalities. That means he's limited. Dog of a devil. You're limited. But Jesus is king. He, 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 he has a kingdom. He, he's king. He's kin. My, my king to me is kin to me and also skin to me. He's a king. He has dominion over his domain. 
Well, what is his domain? What is his kingdom? Watch this. Luke 1.33. His kingdom has no end. I said his kingdom has no end. Therefore, his glory knows no bound. There's nowhere the king does not have dominion. But we must establish his dominion. Now let's get real. That he has dominion. He's in charge of it all. But what did he say to Adam and Eve? He said, I'm putting you on planet earth. I'm going to place you on planet earth. And the first thing he said to them collectively was this. Have dominion. He said, I want you to enforce my dominion. I want you to rule and reign and because I'm giving you dominion. See, the church has been weak and afraid. We don't understand who we are, but it is time for us to take dominion in the earth. It's time for the church to enforce the authority of the kingdom, not just in the building, but in the earth. I want to tell you, I'm not in Daytona Beach just to hang out. I'm here to take over. Y'all don't say nothing to me. I am here to see a revival that will change our city, that will change our community, that will change our schools, that will change our churches. I'm here. Some of y'all say, well, pastor, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, you better get used to it because there is a revival that is coming to planet Earth that's going to push out the devil's power and push out the devil's influence, and I'm going to be smack dab in the middle of it. Give God a shout if that's you. It's time for the church to enforce the authority of the kingdom, not just in the building, but in the earth. Come on, bring that up in the back, please. Not just in the building, but in the earth. Not just in the building, but in the earth. God just doesn't reign in the building, he reigns in the earth. He doesn't just have power in the building, he has power in the earth. So when you leave this place, take dominion. Hallelujah, walk into your office and just say under your breath, the Lord reigns. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Walk into your job and say under your breath, if they look at you, just smile at them. Hallelujah. And let the world know that the Lord reigns. What do you do when you want to shift things in principalities? Baby, you work with the authority of the king. Oh, come on. You don't go in there in your own strength or your own power, but you know who you are and you know who's called you. This church must rise to take the king's dominion in this community. God is calling us to push back the power and the principalities of darkness and rise and rule with the authority of the king. There is another king. God's kingdom doesn't end. The Lord spoke to me. He said, that's why you got to expand. Because anything I'm a part of is expanding. That's why we're starting more and more and more campuses. And the Lord, he quickened me. He said, stop thinking in the terms of regions and begin to think in the terms of realms. Oh, hang with me. A region is a territory, and a territory has boundaries. But an understanding of, of our king's realm, the realm has no boundaries. The realm has nowhere where the king is not in charge. It's time to, to do church with a no-limits mindset. As we walk out the building, as we walk out of this place, we're going to find out that buildings cannot contain us. Hallelujah. Far too long, y'all, the church has had a maintenance mindset. Far too long, we've been worried and full of anxiety about the agenda of hell. Far too long, we've sat around and talked about the attacks of the devil, never once realizing the power that lies in the king and the kingdom and when his people will take dominion. Far too long, we've allowed hell to push us around. Far too long, we've allowed the devil to separate us and segregate us and divide us and cause us to declare war on each other when we need to be walking out and taking dominion. I'm telling you, it is time for churches to come together and realize that we need to take dominion in the earth today. Black churches, white churches, mixed churches, Spanish churches, let's take dominion in the earth. It's time for revival, and it's time for the church to leave the building and establish the king's dominion. Do I have any dominion people in the room? Come on, make a little noise if you're a dominion. If you're a dominion believer, this world has got to know that there is another king. This is our church's moment. Come on, somebody. 
You know, I'm racing now towards, uh, I'll be in uh, Israel in the next few weeks. I'll be in Israel on Time Change Sunday. Imagine that. And I'm going to be preaching to you from there. It's going to be the most powerful Sunday. I, I believe it's going to be absolutely life transforming because there are many of you who can't go to Israel with me. And the Lord said, Jim, I want you to go to Israel. Stand on the side of Mount Scopius, overlooking Golgotha, over, overlooking, overlooking the Garden of Gethsemane, overlooking the empty tomb. He said, preach right there. He said, maybe they can't go to Israel, but you're about to bring Israel to them. And you're going to find out that there was a king that was born in Bethlehem. You're going to find out that there was a king who walked for 33 years. You're going to find out that he was, he was nailed to the cross and buried in a borrowed tomb. You're going to find out that that king rose from the dead. And you're going to find out that that little king from humble beginnings in Israel is now king of kings and lord of lords. And he reigns supreme. And baby, I'm telling you, I declare that Calvary Christian Center is going to rise to its finest hour because the church is leaving the building. Make a little noise if you want kingdom authority working in you. Listen, I don't care what has tried to sit on the throne of your life. I've come to tell you there is another king. Tell your neighbor, say there is another king. Tell addiction, there is another king. Tell doubt, there is another king. Tell fear, there is another king. Tell your past, there is another king. Tell that addiction, there is another king. Tell that worry, there is another king. Tell that fear, there is another king. Tell that demonic attack, there is another king. Tell that financial problem, there is another king. Tell that situation, there is another king. Tell that circumstance, there is another king. Tell that problem, there is another king. Tell that boss, there is another king. Tell that husband, I love you, but there is another king. Tell that suicidal thought, there is another king. Tell that unresolved issue, there is another king. Somebody give him praise. High five three or four people. Stand up everybody and tell them there is another king. I'm not gonna worry about it, cause there is another king. This issue doesn't get the final say so. There is another king. This problem won't win because there is another king. This issue don't get the best of me because there is another king. This problem is not gonna overwhelm me because there is another king. My family tree don't have authority over me because there is another king. Shout it out. Give him praise. Hallelujah. I want you to march out of this building and I want you to march out with a shout in your mouth, with power in your heart. And you know that there is another king. When I was growing up, I learned how to play chess. It was a game that I used to like to play because it was a game of strategy. But I found something out about chess. If you've ever played chess before, I found something real powerful about chess. When you play the game, you can lose the pawns, you can lose the rooks, you can lose the bishops, you can, you can lose them all. But I'm telling you, long as you keep the king, you can even lose the queen. But if you keep the king, when the game is over, you're gonna win it all. I dare you to tell your neighbor, say neighbor, keep the king. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep the king, keep the king, keep the king, keep the king. 
You might lose the knight, but keep the king. You might lose the bishop, but keep the king. You might lose the pawn, but keep the king. You might lose the rook, but keep the king. Tell your neighbor, I kept the king. Yeah, I lost the woman, but I kept the king. I might have lost the money, but I kept the king. I might have lost the opportunity, but I kept the king. I might have lost the man, but I kept the king. I might have lost the job, but I kept the king. I kept the king. I kept the king. Tell your neighbor I'm here because I kept the king. Did anybody keep the king? I dare you to give him praise if you kept the king. No, that ain't going to do. Did you keep the king? The devil don't want you to know it, but if you'll keep the king, he'll make a way out of no way for you. If you'll keep the king, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. If you'll keep the king, doors are going to fly open. If you'll keep the king, enemies are going to be defeated. If you'll keep the king, your name will appear in the right places. I dare you right now, if you're keeping the king, one, two, three, give God a shout. Hallelujah, Jesus. I got to shut my mouth, but there is another king. I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but there is another king. Oh, Jesus. These who have turned the world upside down have come here. And they are declaring, there is another king. Somebody say king. Somebody say dominion. We serve the king. And he is instructing you now to take dominion. Adam and Eve, first thing he says, instruction-wise, take dominion I don't want to be a part of a church that doesn't take dominion so the reason that we want the church to leave the building because we want to take dominion the devil is a prince and he's over principalities principalities say here's the limit here's the border can only go this far. What God is waiting on is for people like you and me who will violently <laughs> take dominion. The kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm not saying that we're going to lead a revolution of hate we're going to read a revolution of hope I need you to help me we're racing toward that service that I want to have with you from Israel it's going to take a lot for me to do that I'll just be transparent with you I'm actually going over a couple days early just to try to establish what we're going to do there and where we're going to be and get it to the point where when it is piped in here, it is piped in power. Bring the lost that Sunday. Be a part of taking dominion. Because I tell you what I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna preach the gospel. Because the gospel is safe in this house. Hallelujah. How many of you got a little something from the word today? Give God a shout if that's you. Come on up here, Pastor Don. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, everybody's standing. If you try to leave right now, we actually have people in the catwalk with water balloons. Are you guys up there? Hey, y'all. No, I'm kidding. This is important. Maybe you're in this room today and you're not where you need to be with Jesus. Come up here, son. Have Pastor Josh close this out for me. Don't we love our Pastor Josh? I love all my sons and daughters. I love you special, I'll tell you that. But, guys, the enemy wants to make us think that he has more power than he does when he is a principality. I believe that. I live it. I 
preach it. My heart is grieved when I see the devil divide the church, not just in America, but around the world. When God has put us as the church to take dominion, just take dominion. Maybe you're here today and the devil has convinced you how powerful he is, even in your life. But as I close, I want to tell you this. There is another key. That past, that issue, that failure, that sin, that problem. Don't have to reign in your life not one more day. Because there is another key. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just feel like I need to do that. Even though I've got to jump on a plane in an hour and 15 minutes. I, sh I need to be in my car leaving right now. I just feel led to say to you, if you're not where you need to be with God and you want to push whatever it is that's been trying to be enthroned in your life and you want to get it right with Jesus today, if you say, Pastor, if you're praying for somebody, pray for me when I count to three, you raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, pray for me, Pastor. Two, pray for me, Pastor. Three, I got some things I ought to get right with Jesus today. Hold that hand up. Come on, hands in every section. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hand, raise it now. Five, four, three. Oh, yeah, I see hands in this. It's something. God's about to do a thing in here. If you raised your hand and you really meant it, I want you to come stand right here in the front. I want to pray with you. I promise you won't come by yourself. Somebody next to you raise their hand. Move back so they'll have an easy time getting here. But if you're ready to give the king dominion over your life, hallelujah. Oh, I bet if you'll clap, they'll all come because there were so many that raised their hands today. Come up here, son. Oh, why don't you clap because they're still coming. I want everybody, wow, take your hand and put it on your heart right now. Pastor Josh, I want you to lead them in prayer. And I think that this prayer that you're about to lead them in is going to be transformational. It's reminding the devil that he's a prince and he only has so much authority. You're about to kick him off of the throne and you're going to let God reign. So son, will you pray and then talk to him? I love you. Stretch your hands toward these two. We're going to repeat this prayer together. Are you ready? All of us in the room say, Jesus, today, you become the king of my life. Today, I accept you and I invite you to live on the inside of me. I'm sorry for my sin and I repent now. I give you my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryfl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.